In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus' temptation by the devil was for your benefit. First, Jesus forced the devil to play all his cards, so to speak. You can see by how Jesus was tempted, how you too are tempted. Defining who the tempters are also helps us define the temptations. But second, Jesus begins today his fulfilling all righteousness. Immediately after being baptized, now rebuffing the devil's temptations for you. Now we learn today that there are three sources, three tempters. And that is your sinful flesh, the desire for bread, the world around you, power and glory, and the devil himself, worshiping him. Each tempter has his own means of temptation. Again, so your flesh tempts you with your desires. The world tempts you with power and glory, wickedness and charms. The devil twists you to deny God by ignoring or twisting God's word to your own preference. So to the first, to your flesh, this is what the scriptures call the old Adam, the old man. We heard about the old man, the baptism today being drowned and buried. The old man is utterly opposed to the new man, or the new Adam, was given to Bryson and given to all, been baptized into Christ. Distinct, distinctly Lutheran teaching is that you are both sinner according to the flesh, saint of God by baptism at the same time. So we heard that the old Adam is drowned and buried in baptism. And Luther remarks that the old Adam, the old man, pardon the expression, is a damn good swimmer. As long as you are flesh and blood, we learn from the scriptures that we struggle against the flesh's temptations daily. The tempter goes to work, Luther says, on our flesh and lures us daily into unchastity, laziness, gluttony, and drunkenness, greed, and deceit, into acts of fraud and deception against our neighbor. Large catechism. In part, then, it's fitting that we consider our flesh in this season of Lent. To be aware of our flesh and its desires and the way that they tempt us away from trust in God and his word. To deny our faith in baptism, which God grants you the spirit. The spirit who guards you, actually, against all temptation. So the flesh. But also the world is a source of temptation to evil. Now, the world itself was brought into corruption by Adam's sin, as we heard in our Old Testament reading. It is, ever since that sin, a struggle to make ends meet. Thorns and thistles, we heard about. And to make ends meet, we'll try to do it in the worst possible way. As Luther reminds us again, large catechism, we are surrounded in this world by temptations to hatred and envy, to hostility, violence, and injustice, unfaithfulness, vengeance, cursing, railing, slander, arrogance, and pride, along with a fondness for luxury, honor, fame, and power. You see, the world's temptation is to be 
important, to be influential, to be filthy rich. And along with this temptation then comes all the ways that Luther named for us that will step on toes, trample our neighbors underfoot to get what we so desperately want, according to the world. And of course, then the third source of temptation is the deceiver himself, the devil, who baits and provokes you, whom Jesus calls a liar and a murderer from the beginning. His chief aim is to lead you to forsake Christ's work and his word. He wants nothing more than for you to abandon the faith and hope that you've been given in baptism, that is, faith in Christ alone, and to now trust in yourself. His aim, then, is unbelief, hardness of heart, false security, despair, atheism, blasphemy, and all other sorts of great sin. But here's the thing about the devil's temptation. They are more subtle than your flesh, which you know all too well, even this world. Again, his chief tactic is to twist just slightly off kilter, manipulate God's word. We heard it both in the Old Testament and in Jesus' own temptation. Did God really say, maybe things would be happier for you, wiser, better, if you ignored God, if you were without him at all? Maybe, actually, if you forsake him, you won't die, but you'll live. Isn't God's word the thing that's holding you back from all that you want to be? (laughs) Maybe the problem isn't with you at all, after all, but it's actually with God. Maybe it's actually the religion, that which is instituted by God that's the issue, and we need to set ourselves free from it. You see how the tempter actually has allies, not only twisting God's word, but working together with the temptations of our flesh and of this world. Thus again, the temptation that we experience from devil, world, and flesh actually have an ally in the old Adam that is warring really against the new Adam in Christ. As long as you have flesh and blood, you will have temptations to sin. They don't come from God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one, says James. It's actually, temptation is our fault. It's our flesh that does not seek what God desires, but actually secretly hates him and utterly opposes everything he has said. The world, too, is not governed by faith in Christ, but rather by lusts and passion of flesh and blood men, no matter what kind of world you live in. And, of course, as you hear from Jesus, the devil prowls around his kingdom seeking someone to devour. That's the life of the baptized. It may not be too encouraging today, but that's the life that Bryson now enters through baptism. Because this flesh clings to you because until you die, there is always going to be weakness and stumbling. Because you remain in this sinful flesh, you will stand one day and then fall the next. As long as you live in this flesh, this world, and in the domain of the devil, temptations will come. You will suffer under them, you'll get caught up in them. And you have no real defense in yourself, not emotion, not feeling, not even your own word. As Jesus says, of his own disciples, in time of temptation, they will fall away. Perhaps thinking of how they forsook him at his cross. So we pray, actually. 
We pray that we not fall into temptation, that is, to give ourselves over to them. Every Christian is armed and guarded, prepared for these attacks by the Spirit. That's why you're given to pray, lead us not into temptation. You're actually asking God to give you confidence and faith that he has equipped you with strength to resist. To resist all temptation by his gift, by his word and sacrament. Even though you are still confessing that you are going to be tempted. (laughs) It is not removed. Of course, this is as the writer of the Hebrews says, with times with temptation, you will always provide the way of escape. Which begs the question then, how is it that God has equipped us to resist temptation? Not only of our own flesh, but of that of this world and of the devil himself. The way of escape is Jesus, as we heard today. Christ himself was tempted in every way that you are, yet without sin. He knows your weakness, and he provides for you in your weakness. He suffered temptation for you that you who are in him would have the means to resist temptation. Therefore, in all things, Hebrews says, Jesus had to be made like you, his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make blood sacrifice for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are being tempted. That's why you're here today, to be equipped by Jesus to resist temptation. And, of course, to confess how you have fallen into sin, that is temptation, to be forgiven again through the blood of Jesus, renewed again in his holy sacrament, and there to receive his victory over sin and death, even over your temptation. By faith in Jesus and your baptism into him, you are entirely forgiven. Christ entirely forgiven now and forever in the spotless washing that is the blood of the Lamb. You now stand forgiven before God. And you also pray that you not fall into shame and vice, sin, temptation. Otherwise, it would be impossible for you to overcome even the smallest temptation, apart from your baptism, apart from Christ equipping you by his word. So the life of the Christian, as we said before, both old man, according to the flesh, Adam, new man in Christ by the Holy Spirit, that life actually is fairly simple, but it's far from easy. It'd really be actually far easier just to live in one sin, unbelief, to be an unwashed pagan, if you were. But warfare has actually begun for Bryson and for all of us in baptism. And it means hard labor and toil. The great peril of unbelief and temptation is something that every Christian bears. Sometimes these temptations come one after another, and other times it seems they're assaulting you from all sides at once. Hear the scriptures. You are daily attacked. You will be chased. You are hunted. And apart from God in Christ, there is no hope. Thus, the Lord's Prayer is constantly on your lips. Deliver us from temptation. Jesus' name is called upon by you in all times. The name that given to you in your baptism. 
asking God to preserve you and your faith. You can't help yourself. But God has promised to surely hear you and to deliver you. Therefore, let us come boldly today before the throne of grace, obtaining his mercy and finding grace in our time of need. That's what today is all about. Your baptism is renewed every time your sins, you hear your sins declared forgiven, absolution. Today you are given to eat and to drink of your salvation from sin, death, and the devil in the Lord's Supper. You are given to hear and to feast upon the bread of life and the water that streams forth from heaven, Christ himself, to be forgiven, to be renewed, and to be strengthened against all temptation. He has promised to care for you in all things, to provide the way of escape, and that way of escape again is Jesus, Jesus' body and blood, your victory over sin and grave, your defense against every temptation. Thanks be to Jesus in his holy name. Amen.